Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the beautiful studios of Relate365.com in the Northwoods of Wisconsin on the campus of Silver Ridge Ranch. And we're enjoying another beautiful day here. It's been fun hanging out and chatting and starting conversations with each other. It's always fun having a different perspective from a younger guy and an older guy. And that's what we it do is. here on the show. Yeah. So. How long have you been married? I've been married uh, seven and a half years. Wow. Yeah. Seems like you just got married yesterday. I know, right? I, I, I think it's like not as much, but then I realize I have a, a six-year-old son as well. Yeah. So it I is mean, as much. it's just the way it works. You know, I remember when I was... Um, early married I kept thinking I wonder what year it is that I've been married longer than I wasn't married mm. have you reached yeah. that point oh yeah long time yeah ago. I'm I'm into 40 years now being married go. so I'd have to be 80 um right now to have been single as long as I've been married oh yeah yeah so I'm not I'm, <laughs> I'm 63 thank so you I, thank you for the clarification yeah, so I've been married a, I've been married a while and and really it's to the point where I can't I can't even remember what life was like not being married. I can't remember that. Right. I mean, yeah, there's stories and you laugh about them, but it's like you're so used to being married. Yeah. And it, it's such a normal part of your life that I can't imagine not being married and I can't imagine not being married to my wife and I can't imagine what life would be like without her there. Mm-hmm. So all of those things are there and I'm probably set up for great disappointment if she dies before me. You know I mean? Mm-hmm. One of those things where you think, how in the world do you, you know, you get your whole life adjusted to a certain thought process. Yeah. And everything can change in a moment. Yep. And uh, we've talked about that in Younger Older with uh, Nate who had cancer and died and left, you know, three small children. And, and I encourage people go back to Relate365.com. You could look for those discussions on relate365.com that we've talked about. Um, uh, it's with Jenna, so you could go look in, in for those conversations. And we talk about the cancer, we talk about, um, or it's with Nate when he was alive, talking mm-hmm. about how it changed his life. Yeah. Uh, but that stuff can happen. Accidents can happen. Things can happen in our lives. A, a young girl, I mean, life is different today than it ever was before. Yeah, very much so. And for us to live as if it's not different is foolish mm. because it is different. Very different. So to look at life like in my generation, to look at like leave it to beaver and think life is like that. Yeah. For those of you that don't know what that is, it's an old television program. <laughs> in black and white. In black and white. Where father knows color. best or you have to go back and Google those things. I'm sure you'll find some amusement in the programs. But bottom line really is back then there was this, this central family. Yeah. Father was a dominant figure mm-hmm. in the family. Yep. And when you look at it, there was stability, there was a predictability, I mean, all those kinds of things. And I feel like there was even a sense of simplicity. Oh, there was. You know, more so than ever before. There was. I mean, figure it this way. Let's say uh, you get married and you have children. And your wife, before you ever get married, if you're male, your wife already knows that if you have children, she's not working. Yeah. She's going to take care of the children. Mm-hmm. You're going to continue to work. Yeah. See, that alone is different today. So you have you have that factor alone. Uh, years ago, it, there used to be a belief that you would stay married till death do you part. Mm-hmm. That's not there anymore. Yeah. The uh, not understanding what our roles is isn't there anymore. Uh, the factors that also weigh in, people are coming into marriages now with 
a lot of baggage mm. emotionally. Where where do you think they're getting all that baggage? All around them. Okay. It, one of the things is I, I asked a young lady she was talking about. Um, she was talking to me about the, the next weekend she was going to go to this dance that her school had. And then after the dance, she didn't really want to go. And then the weekend after, or the week after I saw her, and I said, so how was it? She goes, terrible. And I said, yeah, I we kind of talked about that. But but here's why we talked about it. It was like, okay, we want to pretend that everybody's Cinderella still. I mean, that's what we want. Yeah. And so all the ladies want to pretend that. So all you ladies can be mad at me now because I'm telling you, you want to pretend you're Cinderella. And there's probably nothing wrong with being Cinderella. I'm just saying that's what you want to be. Mm-hmm. Bottom line really is, though, most high school boys today are hooked on pornography. Hmm. So that changes the equation. Whether you like it or not, it changes the equation. Yeah. And to, to pretend that it doesn't, you have your head in the sand. It does. Well, and not only that, statistics show that even females now are addicted to pornography. Exactly. So, so let me ask this simple question. What, you get two people on the dance floor that are doing something they're both addicted to pornography what are they thinking yeah that's all i'm asking and that's different it's not that years ago people didn't lust Mm -hmm. it's years ago they didn't fuel their lust on a constant fuel that came from pornography yeah you know i mean obviously someone said well some did yeah i know some did but basically when i was a kid pornography wasn't really an issue for me as a kid right because it was harder to get at. Yeah, I wouldn't even know where to get it. Right, exactly, you know, m- precisely. Much less, you know, much precisely. Less harder, I just, right. you know. It's not like it was at your fingertips that no. you carry around every day and you could type in whatever you want. Exactly. You know, so, that's, that's what we're dealing with now. So for us to be in a society where we don't acknowledge that there's changes right, and don't change to adapt to the problems, mm-hmm. I think is a problem. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, let's pretend that we're still in the Cinderella stage of life. You know, and everybody is pure and going out, and and it's just a good exercise. Let's yeah. pretend that, but it's not what's happening. No. So, I guess the question I have is, how can a culture like ourselves, how can you as a family, deal with such real issues? I mean, those are real issues. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I would hope and suppose that your three boys are not going to grow up influenced by pornography. So that. Right. That would be something, but that doesn't mean that if they go somewhere, they're not going to be affected by those who are. Right, or exposed to it. or so. Right, and that's the thing. And so you just need to, you know, unfortunately there'll probably come a time where it's like you have to have a conversation, and because of the exposure, you know, like right now, my, you know, my son goes to a public school. Right. You know, and so the chances are that as he grows older, he might be exposed to that. Oh, he will. You know, and so yeah. even though I would like to play the Cinderella story and think, oh, you know, and be naive – you know, if I want to be a good parent, I need to make sure that we talk about those issues ahead of time. Yeah, especially if, if they go out. Yeah, I mean, young boys have enough uh, trouble with their hormones. Yeah. To go out with somebody who is aggressively seeking them. Right. Is going to be a problem. Yeah. You know, I mean, for any true young man. Right. Uh, you know, I don't I don't really care, you know, who they are. If, if some young lady is throwing herself at them. Right there's going to be a problem. Right. And it may be the same the other way as well. I just happen to be a male, so I can't speak for that you know, yeah. in, in that case. But I think one of the things I would encourage you and your wife to do and any young person listening is to start really looking at culture and saying, here's, here's how it 
isn't what it used to be. And if I don't adjust to the way it really is now, I can expect a whole host of new problems hmm. because it is changing right now, yeah. and it has been changing right now. Um, I was reading an article, and we just talked about uh, young families face new problems. I don't know the validity of this psychologist or anything, so I'm not going to uh, claim that it's all valid. His name is uh, Kalman Heller. I just read it online because I find these articles kind of fascinating. And he was talking about what the, the problems are in young families, and he really identified just four problems that seem to really be haunting families. So I'm going to throw them at you. Uh, for, okay. First, he says, um, no matter what family comes to him, there are common complaints, poor communication. Mm -hmm. They feel distant from each other. They feel disagreements on how to handle their children's behavior. Okay, now, I, I would like to suggest to everyone who's listening, those are not new problems right there. Those are like historical, normal, real problems. Yeah. I mean, communication. It, if you think that communication years ago was better than it is today, uh, communication's always an issue. Mm -hmm. um, I think if you're talking to your spouse, you need to actually hear what they say. Yeah. And you could be in a mode where you don't. So... I would sit with your spouse, if I were you, Jason, I would sit with your wife and say, you know, do you think we communicate well? And just ask. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes they might, you might be surprised and say no. Yeah. <laughs> well, what needs to change for me to do that? Mm -hmm. Because down the road, poor communication will lead to problems. Right. Um, even communicating, um, you ever get misunderstood when you throw out a tweet or a email or something? To somebody. Oh, yeah, or, or a text or who knows what. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, well, see, and that's pretty normal today for that kind of stuff to happen. Yeah. Uh, not only that, it's normal for us to paint a picture of who we are online. Right, and that that's another issue with young people is that, you know, there's the, the selfie culture. Yeah. Where you portray who you want to be. To So you know. if you're not who you portray, is there pressure in your life? Oh, Absolutely. There's pressure to be who you portray yourself to be. Absolutely. And you really know you're not that person. Right. And then when you realize that you're not that person, that's where the anxiety, the depression, the the selflessness, not selflessness, like the, the lack of, right. you know, appreciation for you are, it all comes in and the lies start coming in. And if you're not having conversations on top of it. Or you're, you're using your conversations to try and prove. Feed those. Right. Prove who you are. You know what I found out in life? If take this for what it's worth, um, if you're listening. If you have to work really hard at convincing people who you are, it's probably not who you are. Right. So don't don't spend the time trying. Mm -hmm. If you're always on Facebook and you're trying to you know talk about, or uh, whatever social media, <laughs> sorry, I'm an old guy. So whatever social media you're on, if you're always on there Snapchat, trying to- Snapchat, TikTok, know, whatever. Yeah, you know, whatever it is, trying to show who you are, like. There are certain people that go on, on, on social media and they're always talking about how wonderful their family is. And I think your family must not be that wonderful because mm -hmm. you're constantly trying to convince us that it is. Yeah. Uh, when I played football in college um, or, or hockey or, you know, I was a swimmer in high school, I, I never really had to tell people if I was good or not. Mm -hmm. It was pretty evident. Yeah. So you didn't go there and say, look at me, uh, watch me. I will. You didn't do that. Because if you were good, it was evident to everybody that you were good. Right. 
So I'm, I'm reading social media these days thinking the more people talk about how good they are at something, the more I wonder if they're actually good at it. Yeah. And I might be the only one in history that's reading it that way, but I think I can't believe that they're doing this and they portray their family a certain way themselves or there's, you know, whatever it might be. Right. And, you know, even as parents, I encourage, you know, parents that are listening, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm newer at this. Just I say newer just because I haven't faced all the different You're getting older, ages, but go ahead. Yeah. You know, uh, but one of the things that we're actively, you know, as we talk about conversations, we're trying to make habits now about trying to talk with our boys, you know, so that they get used to it. You know, and not only that, being intentional about making decisions that protect that relationship. You know, for example, this year, you know, my son's in kindergarten, so kindergarten. Right. But it's amazing how quickly it starts. Yep. You know, so he's at school every day, all day now within our school system. So we drop him off at 745 in the morning. We pick him up at just after three, you know, for a kindergartner. You know, back in my day, it was a half a day. Right. You know, so already they're already gone earlier than ever before. And so... Um, we got a, a notice, you know, saying that they were doing this open gym that they were going to start doing a couple times a week, you know, where they can come and play basketball and all that sort of stuff. You know, and my wife had a discussion. It's like, do we want him involved in that? And part of us is like, well, that would be a lot of fun for him and all that. But right. then we're like, all right. So right now we've already whittled it down to he's only home for a few hours before he goes to bed. And now are we willing to sacrifice another two days where that will be gone at this early of an age? And, and we decided no. Yeah. You know, not because it wouldn't be fun for him, because we need to protect the relationship that we have with him um, rather than so early just being willing to just do whatever and setting up a, an expectation where he always needs to be doing something, you know. You know, years ago, I, as a teacher, I, I talked to my parents of the kids in my school. And I basically asked them if they thought they were the number one influence in their kids' lives. And all of them said yes. And I said, really? Hmm. You really think so? No. And they looked at me like I was a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. You know, and I wasn't. I was just trying to ask them a real question like, well, let's take a look at it because same there. They got on the bus early, got dropped off at school. So like, you get on the bus. Let's just say I know times are different, but what time would your son, you drive him to school? We drive him because, well, we looked at the bus okay, and they got back to us and we'd have to put him on an hour before school starts. Which would be what time? So he'd be getting on at 645. Okay. And then it would be the same coming back. It would take an hour for him to get home, so he wouldn't be getting back until after, you know, like probably four fifteen. Okay, so six forty-five so to four fifteen. Yeah. He's not with you, right? So who's majorly influencing him during that time period? Everybody else that he rubs shoulders with. Exactly. Now yeah. the teacher might think they are, but honestly, they give him some busy work sometimes. It's the kids. It's the, I mean, whoever. It's their classmates. Yeah, whatever, whatever it is. You know. So let's take a typical child. Um, even back when I was young, growing up yeah. in Chicago typical child they go to school early they get home at whenever after school so after school yeah i would go out and play with my friends yeah now i would play with them until supper right then i would go in have supper and hurry and eat so i could go play with the kids mm-hmm. i would go back out and play with the kids till the street lights came on yeah that was the rule back then street lights came on i had to come home and then i went to bed yeah. So how much time did my parents actually influence me? Yeah, very yeah, little. Very little. Very right. little. And they think we're the great influencer on you. Yeah, really? Right. You might be influencing your child a whole lot less than you think. Yeah. And especially if you're not having conversations. Oh, especially. I mean, if they come you know, home. It's one thing if you have, you know, if you're intentional about it, you know, and have those connecting points in the conversations, but just mere time with them, you know, right. they have time with a lot of people. They do. And then if they come home 
and they sit in front of the TV with you and you don't even talk? Yeah. Again, who's influencing them the most? Right. If it's supposed to be you as a parent, then you've got to make a better effort at this. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Right. And I think that's a valid observation and yeah. statement. That's one sure. of the reasons I just love camping, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I do, because as I grew up, my dad would take us up here to Silver Birch Ranch from Chicago and work with us. No TVs, no radios. We just spent time with him, and spending time with him was huge. Yeah. I mean, that was hey, – obviously, if you listen to me very much, my dad had a major influence in my life. Yeah. And yes, during the school year back then, believe it or not, dads actually worked yeah. in a way where they couldn't take off for every sporting event that you had. Mm-hmm. So you never even expect them to come to every sporting event that you had because a lot of them were at four o'clock in the afternoon. Right. And they worked till five, you know, at least most of them. Mm-hmm. Moms might have come. Uh, once in a while, dads could make it. But in my generation, it was, we didn't even expect dads to take work off to come to these events mm-hmm. because it just they scheduled them at a weird time you yeah. know um if they wanted parents to come they would schedule them using the evening instead gotcha um but they didn't they just got half of them were done at four o'clock in the afternoon a swim meet was at four o'clock mm. you know so you're going okay well you know most of our parents are working at this point so the coaches had to make sure we all got there and back and you know, that kind of thing. I know today's different, but that's how the expectation was back oh, then. Oh, for sure. So when I look at it, I go, okay, w- back then, because my dad did things where we had to serve with him, we spent yeah. a lot of time with him. But really, if we if he was at work and I came home from school, I was with my, if I'm in third grade, I'm with all my third grade buddies, and they have the major influence on me. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I think that you and your wife and anybody that has children right now need to discuss the idea of hours of influence and who it is that's influencing our children the most. Yeah. And decide on an actual plan to say we are going to make sure that we are in our children's life. Yeah. I love it when families come up to camp and they come up and they serve together like in the dish room. Or, mm-hmm. or they do something because 100 percent of the time then the kids are with their parents right and 100 percent of the time you talk to them right and they say they can't wait to do it again yep because they they enjoy it so much and they value it because yep. there's no distractions they could just be with each other yeah it's really amazing uh, when kids grow up i'll give you another psychological tidbit that i've learned through the years i don't even know if it's psychological is but this it, pamphlet knowledge uh, no this is experience now oh okay okay um there's a lot of young people that grow up and the way that their parents show love to them is by buying them things. Hmm. Okay, they, they buy them like Christmas presents and birthday presents, and they buy them things. And what happens after a while is the children grow up believing that if you love them, you buy them things. But they never really see the parent spend time with them. Hmm. Every young child would trade in all those things to spend time with their parents. Yeah. Because it's the time that parents spend with their kids that's most valuable. Not time just sitting there vegging out, watching a movie. Not time not talking, not time. You know, I still think, do you guys uh, eat supper together? Yeah, we do. Uh, is that important? Oh, very much so. And I would suggest that people, if you have children in your home, that you set a schedule where you can eat and talk to each other. Uh, maybe on a Saturday it's a lunch. You know, I mean, I mean, just do it where... Yeah you make sure that you have a regular time where you can sit and debrief each other 
and talk to each other and look at each other while you're talking. Yeah. And enjoy being with each other. Mm-hmm. And and don't hurry it. I mean, don't make it so that, okay, you know, I got you. you. When you see a child starting to get distracted by his family, you know something else has taken over too much. Mm-hmm. You know, and you want to start doing some things to change it. And I like your approach. I think you should start pretty early in life. Right. Um, if this psychologist is right that I'm reading, he says, poor communication is the number one thing that's common across all the decades. Right. Poor or lack of. I or lack say. of. Yeah. So correct it. Yeah. Correct it. How would you, I mean, you have young children. Uh, obviously, kindergarten is your oldest. Oldest, yeah. How do you talk to them about communicating with you? What if they just, if you ask them how was school today, and they go, fine. You prod them with more questions. Yeah, okay. <laughs> You'll let them get away with that? I mean, it's what your parents did when you were younger. Hey, how was school today? Good. Well, what's good mean? Yeah. <laughs> what did you do? What did you learn? Yeah. I you remember know. my dad asked me what I learned. And I always said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I think my dad tried, but it was like, oh, forget it. And this I think kid. That's, you don't even have to teach those answers. No. <laughs> they just, no. In kindergarten, they Yeah, what was your favorite time of the day? Recess. recess. Yeah, yep. yeah. Don't even have to say it. Yeah. Yep. Gym, recess. <laughs> Lunch. Uh, in between classes. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. That's what my, fu- yeah. my son says, and I didn't even have to teach him it. I know. So, yeah, obviously, you have to work a little harder yeah. if you actually want to know what Right. I, what did you do in science? I don't know. Yeah. Did you do anything? I don't yeah. know. Get your book. Yeah, I mean, do you have your book at home, or do you have a? Let's take a look at what you learned. And yeah. I mean, well, my dad was—he uh, always was in education. I mean, he's always big on it. And my senior, uh, my junior year in high school, I think it was, he started to really question me about some things I was learning. Okay. And um, not not uh, moral things or anything, just like science and and math. And and he goes, I can't believe what you haven't been learning. You know, I mean, but I was going to a Chicago public school and I learned how to play that game. Yeah. Uh, and I was really more of an athlete than I was a student and made no bones about it. It's like, I'm just getting grades so I can get through school. Yeah. And you figured out how to do that. And so you did, actually, I did well on all my tests. I did well on my grades. I, I did well on the ACT test. You know? Right. So like, all right, I played the game right. Well, and that's something that's changed in this culture, too. I mean, now with all the AP classes, all the honors classes, like, a 4.0 GPA isn't normal anymore. Now you have like a 7.0 GPA. Really? How do you get that? Exactly. <laughs> you know. I don't, I don't even know. You know, when I, they didn't have all those classes when I was growing up. Right. In fact, I asked a, a, one of the students that I just met recently, I was asking him about, you know, what was going on. Oh, I got to take my, my uh, ACT or SAT test. I forget which one it was soon. And I said, oh, really? You just show up for it and do it? Go, oh, no, we've been doing pre-tests. And I go, really? Pre-tests? What are you no. talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, have, they have a class that teaches you how to take the test. Well, I hope they do better than I did because we, because we just showed up. Which is funny because it's like if you're studying to take a test, what does that show? Right. That you're good at taking a test? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Anyways, again, what that's one thing that was similar in my day. What we're trying to, to do here is recognize things that have changed. Right. And address them because they have changed and not pretend they haven't. Right. So in my day, you didn't prepare for the ACT test. Mm-hmm. It was on a Saturday. You showed up. You took it. They actually showed you how to fill in the little circles, and you were done. Never studied for it, and, and you had to wait forever for the results. Yeah. 
you know, and today they have several pretests. And if you don't like your score, you can take it again. Right. And again. And again and again. And, and, again, and again. I yeah. I don't remember if that was even an option because I really, I'm sure, wasn't looking to take it again. Right. So it's one of those things where you look at it and go, I don't know. I can't remember my day, mm-hmm. whether it was or not. But I think that parents need to realize a, a good discussion on grades with your children would be important. Right. And expectations, because I think a lot of times we pressure young people in that more. I would say that's that's one of the changes. I think there's more pressure on young people, you know, to do the honors, to do the AP. And it's just like, you know what? Not everybody's built that way. Absolutely. And so that's where it goes back to the conversations. You know, have conversations with your with your daughter, with your son, because not everybody is built to do that. And that's okay. Yep. You know, it's okay if, if, if somebody's not getting a 7.0 GPA. You know, and and likewise, when it comes to sports, it's okay not to go to a game. Absolutely. It's okay to miss a practice. Well, they're not going to play. Well, what are it, you teaching them if they have okay. to be at everything Yeah. and miss certain things? You know, honest discussions. I, we've yeah. had that before here. Um, I had a coach in high school who had an honest discussion with me about the fact that I would never be a professional athlete. Yeah. And when I say that, some of the kids today gasp at that. Right. And I think, don't gasp. Don't. That was true. Yeah. What this coach did was tell me something that was absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And it really liberated me. Right. Because then, because after that comment, he said, why don't you just go participate in as many sports as possible so as you get older, you have all these that you can enjoy. Right. And I thought, is that great advice or what? Right. You know, if I'm not going to be a professional football player or a hockey player, maybe I should go, you know, play a little soccer, play a little volleyball, play a little basketball. And, and maybe I won't be good at, great in any of them yeah but maybe i'll be able to enjoy them as i get older and just enjoy the sport mm-hmm. uh, for it and really that's what i did and really that's what happened i started to enjoy all these different sports and i don't think i ever excelled completely at any of them mm-hmm. but i sure enjoyed doing them right and even my my one year i played hockey in college i really wasn't that good mm-hmm. but boy did i have fun yeah you know i mean i went out there and it was like yeah well i got skates on got this really nice ice let's go play a little bit and mm-hmm. and in the in the meantime i kept hearing the words of that old high school coach you know just you're not going to be a pro so go enjoy it right um and you know what else when you hear somebody like a professional athlete on television say you can achieve anything you want if you work hard enough i suggest that you tell your children have a discussion right there with them that that's yeah. a lie mm-hmm you know, if you're only four foot three, you're probably not going to play professional basketball. Right. Um, and if you're six foot, you know, 11, you're probably not going to be a jockey. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's just things that are. Right. And I think that honest discussions are probably good. Absolutely. And that thing about you try hard enough, you can do anything. So your kid grows up believing that everything in life that they can't do is because they didn't try hard enough. Right. I think, have a discussion with him about that. That doesn't make any sense to me as an old guy. Right. And if you're sitting there thinking, well, I have discussions, you know, you know, if your most significant discussions are through text messages, that's not what we're getting at either. Right. You know, and so I encourage you, maybe this was a poignant, pointed discussion that we had today, you know, that maybe even spurked, you know, maybe some... Something, maybe the Holy Spirit's poking you, but I encourage you, have discussions. You know, this is coming from a young father of younger boys. You know, I already see the value and the need of that, and it's never too late. If you have a a senior in high school, you could still start. 
And so I just want to encourage you, don't miss out on that opportunity to be able to speak truth and wisdom into your son or daughter's life. It's, it's so crucial. Unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for you on the show today. I encourage you to head over to Relate365.com. And uh, if you missed part of this episode, or you want to check out some of the other episodes that we mentioned or just dabble around in that, I encourage you to do so. But this is Jason and Dave here on Younger and Older. We will see you here next time. Take care. Bye-bye.